from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. Hello and a very warm welcome to our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspiring music and interesting nature study. With more music coming in, we shall end our program with a message from God's Word. This is your host Sharad and I am Maureen and you are listening to Adventist World Radio, The Voice of Hope. Let's begin our program with a song.
Let's discover what was the world like when God created it. To know more on God's word, you could also write to us. Here's our mailing address. Adventist World Radio, Post Box number 17, Pune 411001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on adventistmediacenter at gmail.com. You may also follow our programs on our website awr.org slash English program. Today, we are going to deal with a very important topic with all of us must indulge into and that is repentance and i'm going to base my talk on the book of matthew chapter 3 verses 1 through 12 you know there's a question who was the greatest prophet in the old testament god said moses was greater than other prophets because moses spoke to god face to face and that the messiah would be a prophet like moses god worked truly great and powerful miracles through elijah and through elisha and the grand and terrifying messages of the major prophets isaiah jeremiah ezekiel and daniel inspire awe because they are full of god's grace and glory But Jesus said that until his day there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist this we find in Matthew 11 11 What made the prophets of the Old Testament great was not first Moses's position Elijah's miracles or Isaiah's messages but rather it was God himself Moses's position was to be close to God. Elijah's miracles were God's works. Isaiah's messages was not the word of God. So why is John the Baptist greater than any other prophet of the Old Testament? Because John prepared the way for Jesus Christ. It is not primarily John who is great but it is Jesus Christ himself in Christ God came near he worked he spoke more than you have ever seen before Jesus Christ came once and he will come again how do you respond to his first coming how will you respond to his second coming John the Baptist still tells you today repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand you know in the passage before us Matthew shows your true repentance he shows it in Matthew chapter 3 verses 1 through 6 and he also talks about the false repentance in verses 7 12 Today we are going to deal with the true repentance which is found in verses 1 through 6 We learn true repentance by observing John's message John's role and John's results John's message 
What was it? Verses 1 and 2. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, true repentance came by means of John's messages. In verses 1 and 2, this is what it writes. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, John's message was very simple. Repent. To repent means to turn from sin and self to God and obedience. The Thessalonians were a clear example of repentance when they turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. This you can read about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9. The Greek word for repentance is metanoia. Meta means after, and noia means thought. Matthew Henry says, Bethink yourself. Admit a second thought to correct the errors of the first. An afterthought. Consider your ways. Change your minds. You have thought amiss. It has gone wrong. So think again and think aright. Next words, next phrase rather, kingdom of heaven. Take note of the reason to repent. The kingdom of heaven. In its nature and in its imminence. John's reason is similar to the reason for Jonah's message in the Old Testament. Jonah said, Yet forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. What does John say? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is its nature? You know, what kind of kingdom is the kingdom of God? Or rather, the kingdom of heaven? It is not an earthly political kingdom. This is what the zealots among the Jews thought. And as dispensationalists think today, rather, it is a covenant kingdom, heavenly in its origin, spiritual in its essence, redemptive in its purpose, and earthly in its consequences. God is the Lord of the covenant, and Jesus Christ is the Lord. God said, I am a great king. This we find in Malachi chapter 1, verse 14. And Matthew declares from the beginning to the end of his gospel that as the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ is the promised king of the Jews, the king of the God's people. The kingdom of heaven is at hand because Jesus is the king. When the king comes, the kingdom is here. Let's learn a little bit about its eminence. God is coming. So true repentance is the only right response. He is the final judge of all men. Who knows all things and from whom there is no escape. But he is not only your judge. He is also your savior. 
Christ is the only one who can save you from your sins. And the grace he provides in salvation is abundant and free. Jonah preached only God's judgment with no mention of God's grace. And to our surprise, the people of Nineveh repented. But here we find John preaching both about God's judgment and about his grace. The kingdom of God had promised through so many ages the kingdom when God would once again rule and defend his people, when God would forgive them of their sins and make them holy in their conduct. That kingdom is here. All of God's grace is just around the corner. And if you don't repent, you will miss it. Now let's see what was John's role as a preaching prophet. We see John's role in verses 3 and 4. John's role was to preach in order to prepare the way of the Lord. And as John was a prophet after the pattern of the prophets of the Old Testament, in verse 3 we learn that God foretold John's preaching in Isaiah 40. And in verse 4, John's clothes and food illustrate his similarity to the Old Testament prophets. Verse 3, For this is he who has spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. You know, let's talk about the foolishness of preaching. You know, you should recognize in John what Paul calls as a foolishness of preaching. In his clothing, you can see it in John's food and clothing. John wore the clothes and ate the food of a man living off the land. To those in the city, John is a mountain man, a bohemian, and he should remind you of the outlandish things God called his prophets in the Old Testament to do to get his people's attention. You know, all these things, the so-called crazy things, outlandish thing, these were ordered by God. He asked the prophets to do this so that they could get the attention of the people. Elijah, he wore a garment of hair with a belt of leather around his waist. Read this in 2 Kings 1.8. But what did he do? He called down fire from heaven. He parted the water with his cloak. And in his cloak, Elisha healed a leper and raised the dead. Jeremiah, he bought a field during a siege. Ezekiel, he made a model of Jerusalem under siege 
and he laid on its side for forty days, shaved his head and burned his hair, packed his bags for exile, and dug through the wall of his house for all to see, set up signs pointing the king of Babylon to Jerusalem. You know, all these things are not natural. They are so-called unnatural. But yet these prophets did this so that they could get the attention of the people. John's striking clothes marks him as a prophet like Elijah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. But John did not perform signs. Neither did he perform any miracles. What John did was he only preached. Like the foolishness of the signs performed by the prophets, God used John through the foolishness of preaching. John was the son of a priest, and so was a priest himself. Shouldn't he be performing sacrifices in the temple in Jerusalem? But here he is in the wilderness among country folks, crying out to them a message you wouldn't believe. He cried out, God is coming and he will travel through here. Get ready. He's coming. And the people would ask, why here? Why now? No man will know the hour of his coming. No man will know the day of his coming. He will come like a thief in the night. John preached not because he was a wise man, but because God told John that God was coming. Noah, he built a boat in the middle of a countryside with no rain in sight. And the people said, You're crazy, Noah. Moses went to the most powerful man in the world and said, Let my people go. You're crazy, Moses. That's what he got to retort. And Jonah said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh will be destroyed. You're crazy, Jonah, but God has spoken, and he will bring it to pass. In Malachi 3.1, God said, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Let's talk a little bit about the necessity of preaching. You know, we must recognize in John the necessity why we should go about preaching. You will not repent unless God tells you to do so. Isn't that right? Now, preaching proclaims the truth of God's word, which you wouldn't know unless God said so. In 1 Corinthians 1, verses 18 and 19, it reads, The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You know, in order to truly repent, 
you need the preaching of God's word. You need to hear the gospel of faith in Christ and repentance from sin. For there is no other way for men to be saved. Romans 10, 13 and 14 Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Now, preaching directs you to turn to Christ, which is at the core of true repentance. Preaching directs you to turn to Christ, not merely to turn from one evil deed, only to replace it with another evil deed, but to truly turn from sin to new obedience to God. Because you turn to the Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the kind of repentance the Thessalonians had. When scripture in 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says, they turned from their idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for the Son of Heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. What were John's results? You know, in True Repentance, verses 5 and 6, we read the results of his preaching. God brought his people to true repentance. John performed no outward miracles like Elijah, but through him, God began a spiritual miracle, greater than any he had done before, the spiritual restoration of his people to himself. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. Not only that, verse 6 says, And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Dear friends, true repentance involves confessing your sins. It involves asking God to wash these sins away, which is symbolized by baptism. God promises that if you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all righteousness. 1 John 1, 9. So let us all confess our sins and ask God to forgive us in true repentance and He will forgive us. sun's gone down and my night's closing in I'm sitting here all alone trying to figure out why life seems so unfair Lord this world is too heavy for one man to hold I'm feeling like Spinning out of control Where would I go? 
The Holy Scriptures says, Your world is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Psalms 119 verse 105 Indeed, my dear listener, what a treasure we have in God's Word. The Holy Bible is relevant to today's issues and gives solid guidance for daily living. With this, we have almost come to the end of our program. To learn more on God's Word, we would love to receive your letters on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune 411-001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on Adventist Media Center at gmail.com. We invite you to follow our programs also on our website. That's awr.org slash English program. This is your host Sharad. And I'm Maureen signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until we meet again via radio, we wish you goodbye. And God bless you.